Welcome to Below the Fold, the most honest and raw digital marketing podcast around. It's good to be back. Coming back with a bang. I might be hiring someone to speak for me. So you think you're an SEO ninja, eh? That was just my little fantasy in the back of my head. Here's the tip. Oh, I know the tip. Are you the one who told me the tip? I need you to come up with 50 business ideas. I'll be back in two hours. I think I need a new title. Hello and welcome to another episode of Below the Fold. This show is for marketers, startups, and anyone else wanting to know the ins and outs, the ups and downs of digital marketing. My name is Jacob Perry, and I'm joined by Brandon Hassler and not Paxton. Paxton Gray has decided that the grass is greener on the other side and has left the show. How do we feel about that, Brandon? <sighs> Frustrated, angry, disappointed, saddened, depressed. That those are literally the words I would have every used. day. I've just gone through a different emotion, and not one of them has been a positive one. I can't even imagine the hate mail we're going to get after this. Yep, ratings are going to plummet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the meantime, first of all, we've been gone for a few weeks. There have been three Mondays sans episodes going live. I apologize. Uh, we apologize on behalf of the, the show. Uh, but there's been good reason. We've been out of town. We've had conferences. Paxton left. Uh, there was some recovery that needed to happen. And uh, I think that, uh, that we're on the other side and we're ready to come back. In Paxton's seat, we have a new host, Derek Turley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Derek um, after we talk current events. This week, however, we also have uh, one of my favorite people in our guest's chair, and that is Sandra Schroeder. And I'm not on the toilet this time. Uh, we will definitely talk about that. <laughs> uh, before we really get into uh, much detail and we get into the main event of this show, let's talk current events. Uh, we'll go through a few um, uh, you know, relevant fun things that have happened in the industry, and then we'll jump into the amazing show. Okay, so Brandon, what current event are you bringing to the table today? Well, I have one current event, and then I have one uh, pet, not a pet peeve, just a disappointment. I saw that the, uh, I went to the top content from this week on inbound.org, which, by the way, I apparently haven't been here in a while, and now requires you to log in in order to view everything, so they've got that. Which was, I guess, smart. Gated content? Is that Ga what you're talking about? Gated content, I suppose. I'm not, I haven't tried accessing an article directly from search to see if that goes through. But their top one was 21 business and marketing podcasts to listen to in 2017. So I'm like, all right, Below the Fold is going to be number one. <laughs> we didn't even get on the list. So everybody who is listening to this, please go to this article and tell whoever wrote this thing that they missed a big one. But our goal is to be on this list in 2018. Who wrote it? Um, it was, well, let me, that's who shared it. The article was written by, it was on snappa.io from Anna Gotter. Anna Gotter. So, Anna, if you're listening, give us a chance. So, I did leave a comment already. Oh, well, there we go. You can go check Everybody that out. Everybody go <laughs> upvote Jacob's comment. Are there on upvotes it. on Discuss? There should be. 
Oh, I, I don't oh, know. Oh, like you left a comment on the actual article. Yes. Yeah, there's that votes on Discuss. Oh, I, I didn't know it came from Inbound. You just gave me the link through Slack. Oh, uh, yeah, I got it through Inbound. Oh, yeah, there's your comment. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, so my actual news is I thought this was interesting, especially as an Android user. One thing that Google has struggled with is sticking with a messaging platform. Uh, their messaging, their default messaging app on Android is decent. Uh, it's not anything to write home about. Then they have uh, Allo, which has kind of been their text messaging platform that is very similar to kind of a Snapchat or iMessage type thing. Problem is it's not really, uh, it's not cross-platform friendly and there's a lot of integration problems. But then I read all this stuff a couple, I may have even mentioned it on this show that Google was kind of discontinuing Hangouts, like closing their API. So a lot of these articles of, oh, is this going to be the death of Hangouts? And so Google announced, I believe it was today as of this recording, that they are basically going to be taking the Hangouts that we know and some love and splitting it into two platforms. Uh, Basically, it's going to be called Hangout Chat or Hangouts Chat and Hangouts Meet. The Meet is actually already up and running, it looks like. If you go to meet.google.com, it's basically like their competitor to, oh, what's that webinar platform that you can like, is it join.me? Is that the right? Where it's like web-based. So that's their whole thing is you can just like quickly have a video chat with someone, no software, no login even necessary. Sounded very similar to join.me. The bigger one from everything I've been reading and what I think personally is the Hangouts chat. And if you look at the photos, it looks like a beautiful knockoff of Slack. And that's kind of what uh, everyone is saying is that this is kind of Google's big attempt to take on Slack. It's got all the chatting. It's integrated with Google Docs, which is a big thing that no one else has, which is obvious that they're going to be integrated. Threaded comments, which I know Slack just recently got, but there's something about these. Uh, I've I've just tried to request to become like a beta user. We'll see if that actually happens. But from the screenshots, it looks really nice. The worry is uh, from the comment. I always read the comments and articles because that's usually where you get, you know, the real opinion of people. And the big concern was, yeah, this is great for like little startups uh, to try it out. But if you're like a medium to large size company and you say, hey, we're switching to. Uh, Hangouts chat, and then in a year, Google comes out and says, we're discontinuing Hangouts chat. Uh, that could be a big Isn't that messed up that blow. Google now has a reputation for not Starting being and ending things. Yeah. That's one frustration. Uh, they kind of just, they're very like, it's almost like everything's just like a lab product. And it's like, if it takes off, it takes off. If not, because they had Google uh, education, which they still have, but I've always been hesitant to try to like use a platform like that because it's like, what if I invest all this time in building something? You have a multi-million dollar company running on a platform that may overnight just disappear. Yeah. Okay. So Google came out with a competitor to what? Slack. To Slack. It's yeah. out already. No, that one's not. But that'll be called Hangouts Chat. The Hangouts Meet is live. Meet.google.com. That sounds like a dating website. <laughs> it does sound like one, but it's basically a join.me competitor. In my opinion. So I okay. thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Uh, the news that I have <laughs> is that Neil Patel acquired Uber Suggest. Do you use Uber Suggest? I don't. Do you know what it is? No. I never got Garrett? into Uber Suggest. Nope. Do you use People Claim? What do you use? Um, for like my keyword stuff? Just, just uh, the, it's like 
Google auto suggests probably steroids, answer right? the public. I use oh, that that's a lot. what I meant. That's what I meant. What did I say? People claim. Sorry, people claim has absolutely people nothing claim. to do. Was that a client <laughs> a long time ago? I don't know. At ninety seventh floor. I don't remember. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but yeah, my that bad. sounds really my bad. familiar. I did like not a bad I, dating. Site. That's right. <laughs> I didn't close claim. it. Doesn't sound familiar. Derek, you are <laughs> were way you too far know. away from the microphone. Sorry. It was people claim. That was a client. Okay. Resolve complaints without lawyers. Yeah, my bad. My it was bad. my client. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, people claim has definitely got. They're not a sponsor. Let me clarify. <laughs> people claim is not a sponsor of this show. Uh, I meant what you said. What did you say? Uh, answer the public. Answer the public is what I was thinking. Yes. So you you use answer the public, which is an Uber suggest competitor. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people use it for the same different thing. purposes, I guess. Yeah. It's more like content creation ideas based on keywords. Everything's centered around questions, really. It's like you type in digital marketing and it will show you every question that question someone's in, asking in question form, marketing. basically. Hmm. Okay. So Uber suggest for those of you that don't know is uh, basically what it does is it takes your search query and it gives you every single auto suggest that could possibly come up in alphabetical order. So if you go to auto suggest and you type in something like Vivint uh, and then space on Google, you would get typically between three and 10 auto suggestions. Uh, in Vivint's case, I think it's a little bit less, right? You might get four. Uh, it's like scam, bad company, <laughs> rip off. Uh, yeah, like that, that, that's, <laughs> it's funny you say that. That's probably what it was about three years ago. You will not see any of those now. Uh, I won't mention that uh, I'm over reputation management at Vivint uh, Smart Home. I was going to mention that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad you didn't. You've done a good job. <laughs> Except uh, the number one suggestion right now is Vivint Solar. <laughs> I'm getting, oh, this could be uh, based on. I'm history. getting nothing negative. So well done. Yeah. Smart Home Arena seating. Yep. 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 That was all me. <laughs> yeah. That investment in a. Sponsoring the arena was a smart move yeah, in terms it, of it's yeah it was, it's it's rep been, management it's been pretty good anyway uh, it will so ubersuggest.io by the way uh, what it'll do is it'll give you the top ten like nationwide this is what's showing up right now and then it will alphabetically separate them into uh, letters right so Vivint and then whatever comes after that that starts with an A and then B and then all the way down to Z and numbers Can you anyway, do it by search volume. No, it's uh, well, uh, I think it's all based on search volume, right? So that's kind of what auto suggestion is based on mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, whether or not it's trending. Anyway, it's been recently acquired by Neil Patel. A lot of people are afraid that he's going to try and monetize it because currently it's a free software, like you can use it for free. A lot of people are worried that he bought it in order to monetize that. Um, uh, another big question is how much? How much does he pay for it? And estimates are guessing around $3.5 million, hmm. which is pretty good. They get, uh, I'm reading the article here, 950,000 overall visits per month, which is pretty significant. Uh, anyway, so Neil Patel acquires Uber Suggest. That's my news. Would you pay $2 a month for it? Would I pay $2 a month? For Uber Suggest? No. Because people claim, not people claim. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, answer the public. Answer the public is free. So, uh, and it, it's based on this. I think it's, ba I mean, it's different setup and you get kind of a different view and it's visually different, but it's, it's, it's based on the same thing. Like they turn your, yeah, they, they base it on whatever. Anyway, if I remember correctly. You're not a big fan of 
Neil Patel. Is that right? No, I don't like Neil Patel at all. What um, are your reasons? We never dug into this. So Neil Patel and Dark Patterns are synonymous in my mind. I forgot about the Dark Patterns episode. It yeah. was an interesting one. Yeah. All he uses is Dark Patterns to trick people into subscribing or whatever. So you feel like he's kind of a, you know, like a, you know, Ty Lopez here in my garage? Oh, yeah. He's, yeah he's I know do you feel like he's, he's like that uh, arena? Like... Kind of just more of a motivational no, 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 bluff. No, 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 no. Neil Patel is more of a Weasley um, uh, in the shadows trickster. I got you. Right? So as an example, if you go to his website, what's his website? Sprout Social or something like that? He's a number of them. I think Kiss that's metrics. one. What? Is it? what? Kiss Metrics is one, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, I he think ha- so. He has a website. Where you go in there and and there's this field where you put in your URL and the messaging behind it is put in your URL will analyze whether or not it has problems and uh, and give you you know whatever we'll spit out some output so you put in your URL and it gives you like this progress bar and and it has like it's showing that work is being <laughs> done and it's analyzing your page and then it, and then it loads the next page which which says Wow, you've got a lot of problems. Contact us and we'll help you uh, fix them. Turns out it's just JavaScript. It does the same exact thing no matter what website you put in. You put Neil Patel's website in and it gives you the exact same result. Uh, no, no analysis is being done whatsoever. It's just code that's, that this vi- visually makes you think one thing uh, when it's not happening at all, which, I mean, by definition is dark pattern. So it's good. I think it's a good tripwire, but. Yeah. Anyway, I get where you're coming that's from. that's basically what is he's built his wealth on is dishonesty. And um, anyway, so I, I don't I don't know the guy personally. He's probably a nice dude, but uh, as far as his business ethics, I'm not down. I'm not down with him. Okay. Bold claims. We got to get him on the show now. Let's get him on the show. <laughs> All right, Neil, if you're listening, give us a holla. Yep. Inbound at belowthefold.io. Okay. So that's current events. Any last things here? I got a big uh, one. Oh, okay. Hit it. Uh, Facebook Messenger launched a snapchat competitor today uh yeah what's it called all that it was just within facebook messenger so now you can do filters and different things oh, okay which is pretty big for me since i make my money doing facebook advertising so now it opens up another good revenue stream for me where snapchat is pretty much next to impossible to advertise on so, is that because of cost yeah is it is it really expensive? expensive yeah you can you can set up like geo filters and stuff for really cheap but if you're doing any kind of acquisition or more brand awareness it's way more so like when when like big movies come out and they do custom uh filters for those movies nationwide that's probably it's like 250 grand a day to start so it's that's still nothing compared to when uh what was it when they first came out with advertising for snapchat yeah seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a day yeah Something like that. It was really high. You only had like the McDonald's of the world who were advertising on Snapchat? Oh, yeah. Snap went public during our break. Forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Which I just laugh because now, right now, their stock's not as hot as it was opening day, but it went back. I'm a skeptic of Snap stock. No, I would never buy Snap. I just don't believe Snap has a bright future. I feel like with what Facebook and Instagram have done has really kind of cut their momentum not saying it's like it's gonna kill them but i think it's a big dent they're going into fashion man i mean you can't fail <laughs> <laughs> i would uh I, I would still put all my money in netflix before i 
do something like Snap. Why, why Netflix, you, uh, I believe. Short? I don't know. Netflix is expensive, man. Well, yeah, I'm so max. Uh, that's a different topic. I invested when they were low, then I sold super early. You're an idiot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Did but, you buy more than one share? Yeah, I bought two shares, like five or something like that. So it was like ninety something dollars, and then it went up to one thirty, and I sold at like one hundred five. Nice. So I missed out on a lot, a, a few well, extra bucks. Where's it at now? <laughs> uh, and I think they're still in that one twenty, one thirty area. Oh, okay. They're still high. Okay, uh, that's good. Sonder, love that current event. Derek, do you uh, have anything to contribute? I had one article that I thought was great. Scientists storing a movie, a computer OS, Amazon gift card on a single speck of DNA. What? This is a little bit older news. I know it's not inbound marketing. I know it's not marketing. <laughs> I know it's not below the fold. It's storage, though, and I thought it was cool. Well, tell, say it again. So scientists have stored a movie, a computer OS, and an Amazon gift card in a single speck of DNA. So how much does the speck weigh? Good question. <laughs> I don't even know how that's possible. That just went way over my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll have to, yeah. Okay. We'll jump into that later. <laughs> Mind blown. Uh, I want to, I, since we're on the topic of uh, nothing related to digital marketing, I want to bring up the fact that scientists have recently trained honeybees to play soccer. Uh, I see. I see the looks on your faces. Seriously, uh, they taught uh, they taught a bee how to take a tiny little ball, like a marble sized ball, and roll it into a tiny little circle, like a little goal. Right. So they put it over here on this circle, and then they trained it to move it to the center into a tiny little like hole and like uh, push the ball into this little hole. Um, and then they reward them with, uh, <laughs> with honey water. And then they trained the bee to teach other bees how to do the same thing. <laughs> and over time, they learned how to do it more efficiently. Can you imagine being the <laughs> investor? You just drop like 500 million to this research firm and you come back like, all right, what do you got for me? All right, so we've taught these bees how to play soccer. Yeah. It's hilarious to watch. Yeah. That's where my money went? Yeah. No, so you're right. I mean, this is funny, right? I mean, yeah, and I'm not lying. Like, this is legit. But that's pretty crazy that you can train bees to do anything. Possibilities are endless. Anyway, okay. I'm probably going to edit, like, half of sure. that out. Okay. Oh, I love it all. Keep it in. Yeah. All right, let's uh, <laughs> let's exit our current events phase and let's um let's make some introductions to the guys around the table here so derek turley uh tell us about yourself sure and, and tell us within 30 our limit is 30 to 60 seconds great tell tell us uh about who you are and what you do so derek turley born in uh, provo grew up in linden went to pg high viking alum half my time's up uh i've started a few companies Sold a few, folded a few. Um, I'm at Vivint right now with their growth marketing and lover of all things below the fold, if that doesn't sound dirty. The love dirtier, it. the I better. That <laughs> did, as I said it, so maybe we'll edit that out, but yeah. Definitely not. So Derek, uh, uh, this is Derek's first episode. Uh, he's giving it a little trial run. Uh, if he likes it, and uh, then you know, you'll probably hear more of him and have more of an opportunity to figure out who he is. I've been spending months and I still haven't figured it out. So it may take a little bit of time. There we go. 
Uh, Sonder Schroeder is our guest this week. Uh, you have the same time constraint, 30 to 60 seconds. Tell us who you are and what you do. Um, so I got started in digital marketing by starting my own company called No Name. That's how I uh, made money to take cute girls on dates and pay my rent. Um, and then worked with these guys at 97th floor. Following that, I went and was the CMO for an e-commerce company doing about 30 million a year. And now I'm at Disruptive Advertising, overseeing our paid social product. That was perfect. Okay. And we used to work with Sonder, Jacob and I. Yeah, he mentioned that. Oh, little background. <laughs> so, Sonder, you're not, you're not new to this show. I'm not. You have actually been a, a, a semi-guest on the show uh, on multiple occasions in the past. Yeah, I was, I'm trying to think of a pun to use, but... None comes to mind. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll move on then. <laughs> uh, so one of the time, so we used to, we used to call our guests, right? Uh, at random times, we didn't give them notice beforehand. We just pulled out the phone and we thought it'd be cool to call somebody. So we called Sonder a few times. Uh, he didn't always answer, uh, but he did two or three times. And, uh, one of them was, uh, probably the most memorable and, uh, uh, well-known, um, and the one that probably got us the most comments outside of this studio. And um, let's hear your side of the story. You, you forgot Sonder. most magical as well. Um, I did not forget that. So I, uh, you know, had a long day at work and decided <laughs> I, you know, needed a break. So were you at, where were you? Yeah, it was at work. Oh, you were at work. Yeah. Okay. So you so, were working past five. So I, you know, went to the, the porcelain throne. Okay. You know, I was enjoying my time there, and I got a call from Jacob Perry. Is it a public bathroom or a private one? Oh, I, public, I guess. So like there was more than one stall? Well, there's only one stall and one u- urinal, but... But while you're in there, someone else... Like, you don't lock the door? No. Okay, so oh, it's yeah, public. someone could have walked in. Yeah. And we have a reception center gotcha. right across from our, our office. Okay. So yeah. were you, you were at Disruptive at the time? Yeah. Okay, keep going. Yeah, so got okay. a call. Answered it really... Excitedly, yeah, <laughs> with, with some passion, maybe. And, I'm, I'm uh, actually going to edit that into this episode. Yeah, you like should right do that. now. Is Sonder uh, answer the phone? First time type of guy. I think uh, he saw one of us was calling. He would. Jake Perry. Sonder, what's up, boo? Dude, I'm just taking a dump right now. I've got Paxton and Brandon on the line. We're uh, recording one of our episodes, so you're thank on, you. You're on the air, man. Oh, man, everyone knows what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Anyway, so again, Saunders not new to this show. Um, let, me, let me go back to a story about Saunders uh, from when we were working together. I know where this is going. <laughs> Saunders, uh, yeah, I'm looking. He's smiling. Uh, at one point, there was a company, they still exist, um, called Laser Spine Institute. Have you heard of Laser Spine Institute? Yeah. So Laser Spine Institute had a problem a few years ago. Hulk Hogan was suing them because they ruined his spine. I mean, that was pretty much it. So if you typed in Laser Spine Institute, uh, it, it may still be true to this day. I'm checking. Uh if you type in Laser Spine Institute, there were results. There were results on the first page of Google uh, that talked about the lawsuit, and they they wanted it gone. So basically, they were looking at different companies to help with their reputation online, and they wanted us to get rid of it. 
So we, they're based in Tallahassee, Florida. We flew out, Sondra and myself, we flew out to Tallahassee to present to them reasons why we should be the company they go for. So Sondra and I traveled together. Uh, uh, 97 floor did not have the money that they have now. So we shared a room. Did we share a bed? No. Okay. Definitely we not. Did, we, did sh- we did share a room. But but I, you probably would have enjoyed that. There is budget no enough doubt. for two beds. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's extra budget. I, I think you just ask for two beds. Uh, we shared a bed. Anyway, we went to the presentation um, and then we went to dinner afterwards to celebrate the fact that they didn't choose us. Um, we didn't know that, though. That's right. We didn't know that at the time. So we went to Cheesecake, Cheesecake Factory. Factory, just the two of us. Uh, we got it was a busy night and, uh, they gave us one of those, um, two, two seat tables, you know, how they just have the, I know Brandon knows. And they cram me in there with all oh. the other couples. Oh yeah. And you listen to every conversation going on. <laughs> That's right. Yep. So we were assigned one of those tables and we had a very nice server. I don't remember her name. She, Monica that, sounds good. Not that I, not that that matters. Uh, but, uh, Sondra and I, um, we were looking at our menus and she came around and she was going to ask our, 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 what our order was. And Sonder, um, I looked at Sonder and w- what I was planning on saying was, um, what are you getting, bro? <laughs> N- I'm not even the type of person to say bro. I don't know why bro even came to mind. I do, I do not say bro, but that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> but what came out was, hey, w- what are you getting, boo? <laughs> I forgot what about that. Getting, <laughs> what are you getting, boo? And our server chuckled and, and responded with, oh, so it's like that. <laughs> and we never corrected her. So to this day, Monica thinks that we are a happily gay couple. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Maybe we are. Maybe. What does boo mean? I mean, bay. I just learned that bay is before anyone else. What is a boo? Uh, a boo is just another word for... Sounds like uh, a cute nickname. Significant other. Okay. Like, he's my boo. Like, you're my, my boo. boo. Yeah, Good call doing Cheesecake Factory. That's right. So we I always suggest, I always uh, request a booth now. And even if it's a longer wait, I do the booth. Really? I don't care. Uh, I hate sitting at those tiny tables. No, and I, then I, I always sit like, like the two quiet couples who you know they're just sitting there just listening to your entire conversation because they've been mm-hmm. married for 20 years. They've got nothing to talk about now. <laughs> and they just, let's listen to what these people are talking about. No, I love it because the people <laughs> sitting right next to me, I like to sample the food on their plate <laughs> when, they're, when they're not looking. I'm close enough. Uh, I know Brandon gets the chicken Madeira every time he goes to Cheesecake Factory. Every time. Yeah. I'm too afraid to try something else. It's like when you found a winner, why, why try to switch? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we should probably maybe... This ha- is probably our best episode ever. Really? Why? Because we're talking <laughs> about cheesecake? I think, I, think, I think it's just amazing. Okay. I agree. Uh, I hope you would agree. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Sonder... Uh, you are overall paid social. Yes. What platforms are you on? Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest. Do you do LinkedIn really? Yeah. Do you are you successful on LinkedIn? Mm, not really. Do you compete it, it's with more, more with AJ Wilcox? No. Why? AJ more does because he has no competition. Yeah, and I hate <laughs> LinkedIn's network ad platform, whatever you want to call it. Everybody things. hates it. So we use it for more top of funnel purposes so sending people the content working them through a funnel after that through a retargeting strategy on linkedin google or not linkedin facebook google twitter okay so um how many clients do you have paid social or total paid social uh, about 150 wow. how, how big is your team so i don't have a, a team per se 
all of our account managers have AdWords clients, Facebook clients, Twitter ads clients, things like that. So how does that work? What do you mean? Like the hierarchy. So we have a team lead over a team. Okay. And then there's typically four to five account managers, marketers, and then an intern and junior level person on a team as well. So the account manager, are they the, are like, who's doing the actual work? Account who's, managers. Okay. So the account managers are getting in there. They're building the campaigns. Yes. Uh, is your role more of a strategic one where you keep up to date on the latest and greatest and you kind of, it trickles down, your knowledge trickers, trickles down and you monitor what yeah. all campaigns are happening and making sure that they're meeting deadlines and that the budgets are, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Yeah, that's definitely that. So the way I, I make money and what I'm responsible for is retention. So making sure we're retaining clients. So that's going to be strategy and training with the account managers, making sure the sales team has all the collateral they need to sell new clients. And that's, that's pretty much, oh, and then marketing. So I oversee all the marketing for the product as well. So okay. we're getting new leads for the sales to sell. Getting new leads for the sales to sell. <laughs> What's your favorite paid social channel? Facebook. Why? <laughs> By far. Because it's easier? Because it's cheaper? Because it's uh, I think, the I audience? Think everything. The, the you demographic? Can, you can actually scale it. Um, it's the most profitable channel. They've invested probably the most than any other network into their ad platform. So yeah, I think everything everything about it is, to me, why it's my favorite. Facebook is one of the most expensive platforms we use at Vivint. I could change that. Mm. Does YouTube <laughs> fall under paid social or is that part of the AdWords? That will be AdWords. So okay. anything like display as well is technically under our AdWords product or paid search product. And you don't do that? No. Are you a fan of YouTube ads? For sure. Okay. Tell yeah. me this. What was I going to say? <laughs> In the interim, while you think, yeah, go. why? So with YouTube ads, big fan uh, what's the draw there? Why why are you a big fan? Uh, I'm a fan of anything video related because you can convey a message very quickly, concise for people to understand where, you know, traditionally you send people to a landing page, they have to digest that all themselves where video you can teach them about your product, tell them all of your competitive advantages, and then they can, you just work them from top of funnel to low funnel pretty quickly instead of having to set up a whole retargeting channel. And now you still do that as well, right? But that's why I like anything video. So same with Facebook video ads as well. So at the beginning of the show, we talked about how our tar- our audience, below the fold, our audience is small business owners and marketers. Uh, what, would, what would your message be to a small business owner who wants to get into that space, right? Someone yeah. who, who, who understands that social is important. And they're, you know, I think typically they, they, they try to tackle the organic side of social early on. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and the ones who are succeeding are finding that they have more budget and revenue to put towards uh, social ads. What do you tell them? What's your messaging um, to get them on board? Like this, I imagine this is your job, right? Convincing people that social ads is important one and two, why they should go to disruptive advertising. But what's the messaging there? What, What do you tell someone who's kind of on the fence of whether or not to spend money on Pay, uh, paid social. Yeah, I think if you're seeing success organically through Facebook, then you know your your customers are on Facebook, right? So I think that's your your first proof of concept. Um, so when I do training, so I just trained my wife's part of a an MLM, so I train her girls a lot on the marketing side. Um, 
And so I train them first to start with boosted posts because it's a lot easier to get into that. It's not as overwhelming when you go into the platform. So start with boosted posts, get familiar with the interest targeting, setting budgets, uploading images. Once you're comfortable with that, then it's much easier to then go into the ad platform and figure out kind of how that works. Do you ever turn clients away? Yeah, a lot. What are the reasons why you do that? Uh, mainly unrealistic expectations. Is that it? Uh, for the most part. So, so when you say if you are successful on organic social, you'll typically be successful on paid social because that's where your audience is. Yeah. Do you ever have people come to you who aren't successful on organic social because it's not a good fit and you think we probably won't be able to do what you what would be expected or, I mean, that's kind of what you were saying. Is that, is that the expectation that's too high is you're just like, we can't help you. Well, yeah, we have people who come to us and they're like, you know, we need to see a, a 10 X ROI, which is like, that's like best case on Facebook, right? Pretty, pretty high up. So So, I'm sorry. Disruptive advertising doesn't guarantee a 10 X return. We do not know. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Maybe on a lifetime value, (laughs) but no, not, not typically. Now we do. What's realistic. Well, 2X? We, do, we do have clients that are doing a 10x. Yeah. A lot of our automotive clients, that kind of industry, you typically, the, one of our top clients does about a 20x. But they didn't the come initial. to you saying, we want 20x. They no. came to you saying, we want 2x, and you got them 20 Yeah, and, and AdWords, um, Google Shopping, they were getting about a, an 8 to an 11x. So it was a pretty easy transition to say, all right, I think we, we, let's give Facebook a shot, first of all, see how we can do. We're seeing... You've grown your business through Facebook and YouTube already. So it's pretty clear your audience is on Facebook. YouTube's, I guess, ir- irrelevant, but that's kind of where they started. Um, so, yeah. So then we did it, and and it grew to their most profitable channel and their most scalable. Because you maximize your impression share with shopping, right? So That's don't, awesome. Don't really do that on Facebook. What do you do with, um, like, how many of your clients come to you? saying, you know, we've got this budget, we're looking to, you know, blow up our website, try to get a lot of traffic, and you look at their website and the call to actions aren't great, the design's ugly, which plays a role. Big role. Uh, bigly, really. <laughs> Huge <laughs> role. <laughs> bigly. In uh, PPC is that it seems like, you know, just from a, a, do a lot of PPC freelancers or, or agencies take on that responsibility as well? Or do they say, hey, we're doing our best here, um, but you're going to have to figure out how to get, because I can't work with this. Is that something that Disruptive does where you include that as part of your service of we're going to give you suggestions and help you optimize the page? Yeah. So for anyone who is B2B or lead gen, um, we we do landing page testing. If it's e-commerce and also B2B lead gen, we have a, a CRO division. Uh, Chris Daly, who's been on the show, I think a couple times, um, heads that up at Disruptive. So yeah, it's definitely something we do a lot. Facebook also has what are called lead ads. Are you guys familiar with lead ads? Mm-hmm. So thanks to you. Oh yeah. Oh you, yeah. You were uh, selling me on them a few they're, weeks ago. They're awesome. Lead ads are amazing. So pretty much the experience always stays on Facebook. So oh, is that the explanation of what a lead ad is? Well, I'm getting, I'm getting there. Sorry, I thought you were <laughs> skipping that, assuming everyone knew. No, what no, that no, meant. no. Yeah. So. Keeps the experience on Facebook. So when you click learn more, pops up a a brief explanation about your service, your website. You can hit on your competitive advantages, click next, and then it auto-populates your information. So the Facebook user's information. So their name, email, phone number, zip code, state, anything like that. And then they hit submit, 
experience is over. They can also choose to, to click like view website and you can take them to like a page on, let's say a blog post, something informative about your business. So lead ads are pretty awesome. And we see a, a very, we're able to cut a lot of our lead gen clients on Google, let's say that are paying $70 a lead down to five to $10 on Facebook. Now, Facebook's a lot lower quality of lead, but the cost per sale is typically a lot cheaper. So what the sales teams are actually closing. Hmm. That makes sense? Yep. I was just thinking, this is the perfect episode to have both Sonder and Derek on because Sonder does a ton of paid social. And if I understand correctly from Derek, you do a lot of influencer marketing. and have a lot of expertise there. And I see, I, I can't say a trend, but... I foresee businesses and, and the few startups I've talked to where they have kind of a, a paid social budget, almost spending a little bit less on the social ads and starting to put more of that money on. We found these YouTubers who don't have huge followings, but their niche in our audience. And we're seeing a bigger bang for our buck by paying for like sponsored messages within their videos versus running, you know, cold YouTube ads, or even if they're retargeted, not saying that one is better than the other, but it's our like, I don't know if I'm overplaying your experience in that, but have you seen any, like just with your dealings of the value of companies starting to put more money towards the more, or I guess, I guess it, it appears organic, but in all reality, it's paid for. Yeah. I mean, we've got a few of these examples where the YouTubers or these influencers, they're able to spread this message. Basically what Saunders said earlier that in a video you can, take them from top of funnel to bottom if you can explain that enough, right? Mm-hmm. So if you find an influencer who, I, I, I just genuinely believe that the influencers as a, as a space, the influencer space is going to be huge, huge. I don't know how to say that. Huge. Huge. <laughs> within however many years. Um, but right now we've found that we can find a bigger bang for our buck um, by working with an influencer to be, that brand ambassador per se to make it look organic to make it look authentic um specifically for vivant to say look this is how this is benefiting my life my family and um right now the deals that we're structuring are really beneficial to vivant we have to prove this model out but it's interesting to hear what we've done traditionally through paid search paid paid social um and i guess we'll see this clash pretty soon because we have our first videos coming out like Soon, soon, soon. So we'll see what we get as far as installs and how that works out. I think I think there's a natural cohesiveness to it as well. So we, what we'll do with a lot of influencer campaigns, because the more digital marketing you're doing, typically the better, right? So mm-hmm. having a very diverse approach. Um, we'll actually promote a lot of these influencers' videos on Instagram and Facebook as another channel. Um, to help grow it that way. So I do think there's some synergies behind that um, sure. that tend to do pretty well. Um, so, that, yeah, that's what we do with a lot of our, our larger clients who do have that influencer budget. But I think influencer is probably the best place to start with any digital marketing. Well, okay, with any B2C e-commerce marketing, that's what I found to be the most successful. Hmm. Do you guys do any, like, influencer? Like, if a client says, we want to, can you find some vloggers? And we, we want to team up with Casey Neistat. <laughs> yeah. Or is that the, more the, of like we manage the, the ad platforms, find yeah. someone else to like build a relationship with? Yeah, it, it's more the latter. So we, we don't go out and, and work with these bloggers or influencers or whoever it is. 
But once the clients kind of set that up, um, we'll work with their other agency to really bless that out because we can do it typically a lot better than agencies who are just working on an influencer campaign. Um, okay. So, and Derek, you've had experience setting up relationships between brands and people, right? Yeah. And is there, I've always wondered, I don't know the number, like, let's say there's someone who has a uh, hundred thousand people, not ginormous, but it's still pretty big. And I'm talking YouTube specifically. Yeah. Is, is there like a, how do people price that out? Like if little Caesars wants a family to order pizza, uh, on an, on a, one of their vlogs, what would they yeah. expect to kind of pay for that? It's really interesting because if you go through to a if you go to an agency that's repping like full screen is going to be a, a company that says, "Okay, here's all of our influencers." Okay, um, and they'll say, "If we're going to do a campaign with you, uh, we're going to charge X amount." But you can go, and this has been odd for me because you can go straight to those YouTubers, and they have the agency that reps them. But typically, you can work directly with the influencer yourself or the YouTuber. So let's just go with YouTube specifically, okay? Um, and if you can find one that you can structure a deal with, it's usually favorable terms. But the result and the yield on that, I, I, this is where I think that YouTubers typically don't know the power of their position. They just don't. Um, so I, I, I agree with Sonder because I'm going to be going a little bit all over the place here, that that's a good place to start for any small business owner because – you can find a local or just go online and, and search for whatever it is that's in that space as a YouTuber. Um, and you can typically find these relationships, structure these deals that um, are not that uh, expensive. You know, it will be a shout out or it will be a featured post or a featured video. And most of them that have their YouTube channels have a Twitter account. They have their Facebook account. They have all of their other social media channels to do a shout out and try to drive traffic to that video. Um, but the more organic, the more authentic it looks. And I could go through a, I don't know if we have the time, but maybe on another episode, I could go through an example um, of what we've seen so far and, and how it's really worked out um, for everybody involved because the the YouTuber knows that, hey, I'm getting paid for this little bit of time. And it's it's going to be more if they're in that 100000 range. You're usually going to be paying them more than what they'd be earning from their ad revenue. Mm-hmm. So I, they're hungry for it. There's an appetite for it. And the audiences. Well, that's why that's why they do it, right? Yeah, that's why they do. They want money, of course. So you approach them, and I mean, yeah, they. Hey, can I give you money? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah. Well, there was one specifically um, where we were working with a local company um, that wanted to push their own Disneyland tickets. They were these discounted Disneyland tickets, okay? Um, And we worked with a YouTuber uh, that had at the time around five, six, seven hundred thousand subscribers. I know that's that's big. It's not the biggest, um, but they made it look really authentic, really organic. Actually, I think they had around three or four hundred thousand. They've grown. As soon as you hit that three hundred thousand mark as a YouTuber, it's it kind of just starts to carry this wave of you can so, get. So three hundred thousand is the magic number. It is. So Brent, you're well I'm, on your way, Brent. I'm far away. Where are you? <laughs> I'm like uh, twenty six hundred right now. Wow. So Good. I've got a long way to go. <laughs> well. Uh, you know, this isn't a full-time thing for Brandon. A lot of these vloggers, that's full-time. That's all oh, they no, do. Th- yeah, this is, this, they eat, sleep, drink this lifestyle so that they can give good content. Well, they do this, this YouTuber does a video. They're holding their camera. They're like, hey, we want to go on a, a trip to Disneyland. We want to make this work. Um, they authentically and organically go across on Google and they find this site. And um, at the very end, long story short, they just, they buy their tickets, their discount Disneyland tickets through the site. <clears throat> and they come back and 
at the end of the video, they're like, we can't believe it. Thanks so much. So-and-so, you saved us so much money. gave us the trip of a lifetime. <laughs> we love you guys. Guys, you got to check them out. Click on the link in the description below. Um, we did our homework. You won't find a better price. And out of that one shout-out, day one, because I, most people that view these these daily vlogs or whatever they are, um, 72,000 uh, unique click-throughs came from that link, which was huge. Yeah. I mean, as a as as a mailer, an emailer, that would take a week, a week and a half to achieve. And, I mean, they just got it just from this video. And so when that happened, it was this aha moment of, oh, my gosh, like YouTube is incredible. And the awesome. YouTubers were so, so happy to, to just do it and get paid a little fee. And it's a shout out. This is uh, sounding kind of like an opportunity for disruptive. <laughs> influencer yeah why not that that's how i got started yeah that's, that's what i did with my business I'd, I'd email 20 bloggers a day usually five of them would get back and i'd ship them watches they put on their blog and i'd get you know 20 30 sales per post so it's huge there's you know you've got big companies already software like refluence collaborate you know there's some some really big ones where you can get connected with influencers already and i think Maker Studios is a yeah. big, big Maker's company. Big. They just they don't got the PewDiePie might... anymore now, so <laughs> they no. lost my respect. It's true, yeah. So there's Wait, a lot they, of they lot had of big PewDiePie, uh-huh, and then oh, they dropped them over gone. some stupid stuff. Like what? Like didn't we go over that? No, that was a different thing. <laughs> Basically, uh, anti-Semitic. Is that what it is? Semitic. Yeah. Which, so anti-Jewish. Yeah, which really wasn't. He was just making fun of media, calling him that, and then somehow they spun it. And then, yeah, YouTube, I think, dropped him also from YouTube Red Series because he had, like, an original show there. Wait, who dropped? Who dropped? Maker Studios dropped him. Okay. And then YouTube also dropped him from their own, like, YouTube Red service because they have, like, original shows on there with a lot the of their paid, creators. That's the paid side. That's their paid side. Oh, that was the other news. YouTube TV happened or was announced. You guys hear about that? During, Brian, during the break, current events is over, man. <laughs> We're talking about YouTube, though. Next week, man. Have any of you heard about that? No. YouTube TV. So no. they're going to be launching it in the next couple months or a few months. It's 35 bucks a month. And it's uh, like, I think right now they have 40 plus channels and it's live TV um, on demand. It's hmm. accessible on up to, I think, six devices. But supposedly this is going to be like the big game changer. Um, and so... The subscription, so it's 35 bucks a month. It'll operate just like you would, live TV and everything. Who and, watches live TV? <laughs> a lot of people watch live TV. Why would you watch Do you live have TV? Cable? No. It's, it's right, you're a cord the, cutter. The, sport, the sports fans. Sports. That are cord Some people cutters. like their live news. That's what I would use it for. It's sports? Yeah. Is, are, are, yeah, is there's there a lot, they have package? a lot of sports. Well, it's just, all, it's all one. I think the only thing extra is if you want Showtime. Well, that's what I meant. Like what? What? But what, like what ESPN sports? and like ABC, all the major CBS, sports networks, Fox, NBC are in there. Finally, um, so their thing is finally live TV made for you. Since when is live TV not made for me? <laughs> <laughs> um, but the interesting is yeah, that's revolutionary because right they there, have Brandon. they have YouTube Red, which is ten dollars a month, and so uh, are they going to wrap it up? No, they're not wrapping it up. So you'll get. You'll get access to original YouTube Red content with your YouTube TV subscription, but you will not get ad-free YouTube videos like you would with YouTube. So that would, that's still a separate. If you still want like all of YouTube to be ad-free, you still have to have YouTube Red. 
Thank uh, you, Google. With that, of course they do that. Do you have have, uh, YouTube Red? No, I've tried it out. Like like a free trial or what? Yeah, because you can get like 30 days free. Uh, When I downloaded my Pixel, or not downloaded, when I bought my Pixel. (laughs) Does anyone here use YouTube Red? I'm I'm 90% there because of the Ty Lopez videos I see every time I watch a YouTube video. It's the worst experience. You know you're being targeted. Online. Just change your demographic. <laughs> no, I've tried. I've done everything. I think it's because his videos do suck me in for like the first 30 seconds because I want to just see how like bogus and ridiculous they are and what he's saying. And yeah, you just, even just the marketing side of it, right? Can't stop watching them. Can I just say that Brandon's parody of that video was on point? That was inspired by me. Was it? Yeah. I told, I I told him I want one. I told him I want to see a Ty Lopez style video. <laughs> That's and, funny. And then, or well, I said, there you have it. The new Ty Lopez or something. And then he went in his garage and did, <laughs> and did it. You showed off your Nissan Sentra, right? That's right. Nissan Sentra. Oh. POS. Yeah. Hey, man. Anyway, that was on YouTube. But the reason I like it as a very small creator is YouTube will be integrated with YouTube TV. So I think for a lot of people who never go on to YouTube that will start using YouTube TV because now they're getting all their sports. This could be a way for them to now discover other YouTube creators where they would have never done so by just going to YouTube. So I thought that was, that's my hope at least. So you think, as a creator. Tap, you think they're tapping into a new demographic. You don't think that they're capturing the, the people who already go to YouTube. You think they're capturing people. Yeah. Like your 45 year old guy who just likes to watch, you know, CNN, Fox news and ESPN who would never really get on YouTube. But now that he can cut, comcast or direct tv and do youtube live or sorry not youtube live youtube tv now he might be exposed to all these other creators uh where he, he would have never gone on to youtube because he never had interest so. I, I think it's even younger than that though all of your cord cutters people who just have netflix hulu now now they have an option to yeah but those, watch those people TV. are already on youtube on youtube isn't that what you're saying? They could be. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a lot of cord cutters who aren't. I mean, there's a lot of people who aren't. YouTube's huge, but there's also. Are we trying to set a record for number of times cord cutters used on this episode? <laughs> I thought you were say the word YouTube. <laughs> uh, Both are true. Okay, so this me- this also means that the big networks like Comcast and and whatever they're going to have to compete. Like, how do they do that? I don't know. I mean, Comcast is making a big effort to kind of integrate really well with Netflix. Um, I, want, I want Comcast gone. I want him out. <laughs> Dish already kind of does that where you can pay, I think, like 30 bucks a month and choose up to like, I think it's like 30 channels. So it's pretty similar. No contract, stream everything online. I'm the guy that uses an HD antenna, plugs that thing into my into my TV and just gets the local stations. So would you purchase uh, 35 bucks? I mean, you're cutting the cord, right? So here's what you're really asking. What you're asking me is, will you pay $35 to not use the features that uh, <laughs> that would come with it? I don't watch TV. So right now you just have Hulu and Netflix. Uh, I don't even have Hulu. So you just have Netflix. I do have Netflix. And do you watch that a lot? Uh, I watch uh, the animated uh, Clone Wars series with my children. <laughs> All right. You're just not a TV guy. Uh, well, yeah. No, not really. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. You're not in their demographic, I guess. I would buy it for you would? sure. Oh, yeah. So you're going to is yeah. what you're saying. 100%. See, I have Google Fiber, and it would be nice. I'm paying $50 a month for my TV if you... But that includes your internet, too, doesn't well, it? Well, I'm paying 130 for my internet. The internet is 70 and then it's 125 for uh for all internet the TV and TV. But now it's like... 
but they still don't have some of the channels that I need, but it would be nice if, uh, it's just funny how they're marketing as like, this is Google's first live TV. It's like, well, technically they already have live TV. It's called Google fiber, but this one will be a lot more accessible. accessible. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, moral of the story is I have a, I think YouTube has a bright future in influencer marketing stuff they're doing here. I don't think it's a bad idea for any company to be investing in creating their own content on YouTube, as well as looking at other creators to see who they can partner with. Let's let's go Glenn Beck style on this, though. I mean, let's let's around the horn. No, let's just go and say that we'll come back to this episode in five years from now. And that we're calling it. He always does that. I don't know. We're calling <laughs> it. We're calling it. I mean, you influencers are going to be huge. They're going to be huge. That right, right now, they do not know the power of their position. Some do. Don't get me wrong. But that, that medium, that channel, that platform is so effective right now. And I don't think it's going to be as accessible as it is right now in five years from now, three years from now. So as we go to small business owners and we go to this, this group that listens to this show, I just I I don't think I can push it enough to say go find those that will be a good influencer and and try to strike up that conversation. What Saunders said is perfect. Twenty emails a day. I mean, those are the stories that you build something great from. But I, I just think that that's accessible right now. Hmm. Anyway, do you um? So influencers have existed for a long time. What you're saying is companies are realizing the power of influencers so it's going it's they're basically going to move away from more of the social ad platforms and more onto the influencer marketing side i think that you're gonna see is that what you're calling right now are you calling it yeah i'm gonna go with that okay (laughs) i'm calling it so part of me kind of died inside because i think about all the teenagers like like i imagine a teenage girl who's just like obsessed with Instagram and just trying as hard as she can to like make it big on Instagram. And what you're telling me is that it's just going to get worse for, yeah, for teenage girls and boys and you know, whatever. Okay. So the mediums will change as well though. Yeah. What will the mediums look like in five years? I have no idea. Anyone have some imagination? I think, uh, YouTube's going to be around for a long time. I think Facebook is going to continue to, be around i think the big block for a lot of companies like you said influencer marketing has really been around for a long time but i think the big block is people just associate influencer marketing with oh pepsi paid this person a huge amount of money to do some video we your normal small business we can't afford that when in all reality they can yeah you might not be able to work with like a casey neistat type person on youtube but you could find someone who's got twenty five thousand followers and, and they're avid followers, and that shout-out from them is going to have way more weight than you trying to run ads on their videos or trying to target their audience. There's just a huge ROI that really right now is, I guess, in a way tough to measure, which that's why it's tough for some CMOs and whatnot to get behind because they don't see that. There's not enough case studies where they can say, if I put you know 5,000 in, I'm going to get this much out, where they could kind of do that now with Facebook ads and whatnot. There's kind of a a standard, a measurement where they can kind of go off of influencer marketing as old as it is. It's still very new and there's, it's, it's the wild West right now. And so I think as companies figure that out, it's going to be huge. Like, I don't know. I think every company starts, they need a face now. People need to connect with another human. It's hard for a human to connect with a logo and just standard ads. 
So I'm, uh, I'm going to second the calling it. I think influencer marketing Whoa. is going to be a big. Whoa. Is that a blow <laughs> first? Well, there are a lot of firsts. We're breaking <laughs> records left and right here. The number of times we're using the word huge is also another, is another record we're breaking. Uh, Bigly? Big, no, that's, that's like the third time. But, so another few times and that's up there. Tremendous. Uh, Derek, do yes. you think that a business could build upon the strategy of influencer marketing alone? Before you answer, hang on. When Brandon is talking about small companies finding influencers who have something like 25000 instead of $500 million, uh, you pay them whatever amount of money to drop your name. Their followers come, make you a ton of money that allows you then to push it back into an influencer with 50000 And then you get money from that, and then you go to 100000 And then you just keep building up and using you know bigger and bigger influencers. Do you think that you could build a business solely on influencer marketing? Well, I've never been asked that. As you say it, my initial like, write-off response is no. Um, but I'm no expert in it, you know. I'm, but I'm the learning. more I think about it, the more I think maybe it's possible. I, I, I would, I, I would think. say yes for sure. But what, what's your target revenue amount? I could, could you go from, I, I, could, you, could you go zero to ten million just doing influencer? I think definitely. But you're gonna have. You're not just going to do influencer. Maybe that's your only like paid channel. Yeah. But that's going to organically grow like your Instagram, right? Or your Snapchat followers or your Facebook followers. And you're going to leverage those along the way as well. So I definitely think you could go zero to 10 million just yeah, I think doing you're, that. So that's a good distinction. I was just talking paid side, right? Because obviously you're going to do SEO. <laughs> obviously like that's number one well people people are going to do their research you hear if you follow a, a casey neistat and he says oh this is the best camera ever that's going to have a lot of weight but you're still going to go on a google and search and if that camera never comes up and no one else ever mentions it then you start to question well is it um but if that, if that can complement sure? it well think about it because someone like casey neistat who has hundreds of thousands of followers you millions have, millions you, you yeah know, Oh, okay. So what are, you, what are you saying that I'm wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I could say he has at least one follower and I wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> That's true. Holy cow, you guys. Well, you, you didn't say at least though. You said hundreds of thousands. That's right. Hundreds of thousands. If you said at least hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands of millions of okay. billions of zillions. I see of, you're saying. Whatever. Just don't lowball the guy. That's all we're saying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Casey respect. Neistat has millions of followers. You're right. Most of them will probably do the research, but I guarantee there's going to be a huge yeah. portion who's going to blindly go and click that link before they look at anything I else, agree. knowing that Casey Neistat, I want the camera Casey Neistat is using. Sure. And maybe using Casey was a bad example because I think when you're that big, sure, it's going to have enough weight for a handful of people. Well, I think using I think, Casey I think. Neistat as an example is never the wrong way to go. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I, I think it comes down to price. Videos. You haven't seen yeah. one. Not that I know of. He's great. He's great. No, but I, I go with I could go with Sandra on this too. I mean, there's there's a lot of variables here. If you're going to just dedicate, uh, you have to make a lot of right decisions in the beginning. Because if you're going to take a hundred dollars and try to make it two hundred or a hundred and twenty, like just this very lemonade stand type of approach, like I'm going to put X in and I'm going to get Y out. <clears throat> I think you really can build from the ground up on that vertical, that channel alone. Um, but it's going to be strategic. It's going to be doing your homework, finding out who's getting the right views, how many comments are being submitted per video, what the user engagement is, how they involve the, the subscribers, like really what's going on with 
their posts and their channels and the, or their channel and their their views and yeah i mean you, you've just got to do the homework as the business owner or the what you're trying to promote and make sure you're using the right influencers because i'm not going to promote well i won't even give an example we, we were just <laughs> the one that came to mind i'm like don't say that one so, yeah, awesome. i'm just i'm just not going to promote something crazy on a channel that's totally irrelevant right yeah yeah i've got a point on that okay but all right yep last thing and then we got to close out <laughs> um well, Good thing think, you got in. I was about to close. I think uh, all digital marketing is about working up the chain, right? So SEO, you're typically going to start smaller with a smaller website and then kind of work your way up until you have that validity to get on like a tech crunch or whatever it is, business.com. I don't know, whatever it is. I, I think the same with influencer. You're going to start small and probably send it to people who are going to accept it for free, your product, because people want free products, especially influencers. Like that's a big thing for them to them that, you know, they see it as I've made it, people are sending me free stuff. And then you work your way up that to where now now you're paying someone $5,000 to talk about your product. I think paid paid's the same way, right? You Maybe you start on Facebook doing boosted posts for $5 a day. And then, then you can work up to where you're spending $100,000 a month on Facebook. And that allows you to go after other channels. So I think every everything with digital marketing is truly just working it up a funnel. Um, and starting with, I guess, the most economical. And, and like Derek said, you got to make a lot of a lot of right turns from the beginning to work it up quicker, but there's a lot of trial and error that goes into it as well. Hmm. I feel like we've been very agreeable on this episode. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let's close this thing out. Sonder, why don't you tell people where to find you? You can find me on Twitter at Sonder Schrode. That's probably where I'm the most active and most responsive. Um, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. If you send me a message on LinkedIn, I will probably never answer it. Um, but my email is on there as well. So you can email me and I definitely get back to my emails. So disruptive advertising, you can go there for all your PPC, CRO, and social advertising needs. Did I miss anything under there? Social advertising is PPC. Something I often have to correct. Whatever. <laughs> If you want to reach out uh, to us specifically, if you have topic ideas or would like to um, submit yourself or someone else to be a guest on the show, you can email us at in, uh, inbound at belowthefold.io. Alternatively, you can reach out via Twitter, and our handle is at belowthefoldio. Sonder, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, it's been extremely insightful. Um, always a pleasure. Derek, welcome to the show. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to know you a lot more as, as the weeks go on. Uh, our next week's guest is the Honorable Mayor John Curtis. And that's it. We'll see you next week below the fold. <laughs>